Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. You nailed Hello. it that time, Hammond. Yeah, that time. This is take number seven. <laughs> we had a little um, flub. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? It's going good. Good. Uh, let's talk about, there are so many things this yeah, week. Yeah, this is a big week. Um, let me start off with uh, maybe the one that, seemed most personal to me, mm-hmm. which was this article that appeared in Vice. It was written by Chris Stedman, who used to run the uh, humanist community at Yale. Mm-hmm. I think he's now in Minnesota. Um, good guy, works with a lot of good community groups, uh-huh. uh, good organizer. He posted an article on Vice's website, and the headline is, Too Many Atheists Are Veering Dangerously Toward the Alt-Right. Uh, subtitle, An Atheist Can't Afford to Be Quiet About It. Mm-hmm. And... I'll, we'll go through some of the salient points of what he was saying. The problem I have is this implication that too many atheists, mm-hmm. it's never quantified. And when you see that headline, it's like, oh, wow, this is a huge problem among atheists. And mm-hmm. I don't buy that. I don't think that's accurate. And maybe the best way I can try to show you what I mean by that is there were polls I remember taken when before the Obergefell ruling where they asked like, do you support marriage equality? Do you oh, support uh-huh. gay marriage? And they asked this of everybody and they diced it up. I, maybe this is the Pew Research Center or something. They diced it up by religions, by beliefs. And, you know, you would see it's exactly what you would expect. Like 20 some percent of evangelicals said, yes, we're in support of gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Very low on the list. Mm-hmm. I think Jehovah's Witnesses, even lower because it's totally prohibited. It's not even an argument. Right. If you ask for the nuns, which atheists, agnostics, religious people who don't belong to any religion, it's a big group, uh, it was like 80% are in support. Mm -hmm. And I suspect if you asked atheists specifically, I'll make this number up because I don't think they had it, but let's say it's like 90%. Yeah. I guess the question I would ask is, is that a problem for the atheist movement? Was is that would that suggest to you? Oh, we have a gay marriage problem in our community because you know ten percent of people don't support it. Oh, I see what you're saying. And to me, that's of course it's a problem because right. it's like what good reason do you have to say no to it? It's not even religious based anymore right. for you. But to me, it's like no by relative to every other group, relative to the national average, mm-hmm. we're doing way better. It's never going to be perfect. Not everyone thinks exactly the way I want them to think. Right. And sure, I would love to convince those other people they're wrong, but it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. If you're asking me, have people said maybe homophobic things within kind of the organized atheist world? I'm sure they have. I'm not denying that takes place. But again, I don't think there's some problem of that. So this is where it's like, well, too many atheists are veering to the alt-right. Mm-hmm. Is there any survey that points to this? No, there isn't. Are there, what numbers are we looking at? There are no numbers. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, that's one issue. I, and anecdotally speaking, I haven't seen that to be the case. Mm-hmm. Within the organized atheist community, which is obviously a subset of all atheists, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that to be the case either. Mm-hmm. 
does it mean that there are some elements of the alt right that like don't that overlap with atheists? Yeah, there are. But again, I guess this is another issue. What does it mean to be alt right? Does it mean? I think that's a really important. That's actually a thing I just noted down. Is that like the because some I would argue that so just reading through it, some of the um, some of the evidence that he presents or the examples I should say mm-hmm. more than evidence is compelling. Like a lot of the big names in capital A atheism have a not great history of saying not great things. I think though it would be more accurate to say like do we have an asshole white dude problem more so than alt-right? Because really, Mm -hmm. now that I'm... With your framing, I'm looking through what they said. um, uh, Reddit's Atheist Subforum. I want to get into the specific examples that he mentions, but before you do that, let me bring up... When when I hear Mm alt-right, it means different things to different people. I can't recall. I'm trying to look through Chris's article right now to see if he defined it. I don't Um, know that he does. But... Again, if you're asking me what it means to be alt-right, we're talking about anti-immigrant, we're talking pro-Trump, we're talking anti, uh, did I, what did I say, feminism, yeah. anti-racism, uh, oh, they're for racism, whatever, they are racists. They're neo-Nazis, uh, they espouse many of the same views. Yeah. That- so there's a whole bunch of different things here that we could be talking about. Let me tell you one number that does exist that mm-hmm. isn't in that article. In 2016, how many atheists, specifically atheists, not nuns, mm-hmm. voted for Donald Trump? It was 13%. Wow. It was 67 for Hillary Clinton. And again, relative to other groups, mm-hmm. religious groups, what have you, that's pretty, uh, that's a bigger range than you would find. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, we heard 80% of white evangelicals supported Donald Trump, and close to 20 than Hillary Clinton. But again, so again, only 13% supported Trump, mm-hmm. if that's your definition of alt-right or supportive of his policies. And they didn't all vote for him because they liked his policies. Okay, so going back to the examples that are mentioned, because we don't have numbers to back up right, this theory to the alt-right. Anecdotal. It's all anecdotal. It's all evidence. So let's talk about the one he mentions uh, most. This is kind of the crux of his argument. Yeah. Richard Spencer mm-hmm. is the one he mentions most. Yeah, he uh, does hang his argument a lot on, on yeah. Spencer's atheism. And Richard Spencer is the guy, I guess, most famous for getting punched out, like, mm-hmm raising the debate of, is it okay to punch a Nazi? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one who was on film talking to a camera and someone punched him out. He's a guy who, I don't, did he organize the Charlottesville uh, rally uh, or he was involved? The, yeah, he definitely he's definitely espouses. a figurehead to, that, to he is, that movement. He is a figurehead in that movement. He espouses those neo-Nazi principles. He is, I think, almost by definition, mm-hmm. alt-right. Yes. And here's the thing. Uh, David McAfee, one of the writers on my website, actually interviewed him at one point, Mm -hmm. and uh, Spencer said he was an atheist. And this is where this link comes from. And uh, what Stedman says, what Chris Stedman says, is basically, well, where are all the atheist groups denouncing Richard Spencer? How come uh, this guy is this known atheist? I want to make sure I'm quoting him correctly as Mm -hmm. I'm saying this. And here's the problem I have with this. Uh, Spencer also wrote a blog post that was called The Alt-Right and Secular Humanism, which that really doesn't make any sense because secular humanism goes against all the stuff the alt-right stands for. Uh, Chris says, and I quote, yet I don't know of any prominent atheist, humanist, or secular organizations that took the opportunity to condemn Spencer. I have not talked to the groups about this, my contacts at those groups about this. I think here's me trying to rationalize why they wouldn't have put out a press release saying Mm -hmm. Richard Spencer is disgusting. There's no one-off event that Richard Spencer did 
where he said, you know, let's march in Charlottesville. By the way, it's an atheist rally. Yeah. That definitely should have commanded like a response. He didn't. This atheism thing to me. Yeah, I don't think I knew he was an atheist until I read this article. I don't think most people would because he doesn't mention, he doesn't talk about unless it comes up in kind of, we asked him about it directly because mm-hmm. um, it's not central to what he does. I think uh, I've seen some people try to make the argument it is central to what he does. But again, when the, I think if you ask the general public who is aware of this stuff, hey, Richard Spencer, what do you know about that guy? He's a neo-Nazi. He's the alt-right guy. Got You're not going to say he's an atheist. Probably wears khakis. That's not what he's all about. This, to me, reeks of the, like, oh, Pol Pot was an atheist. Stalin was an atheist. Yeah. Like, and yeah, also, they were. They I didn't f- do what they did because they were atheists. They and did I, it because they were, whatever, these assholes. Yeah, also, I feel like we're treading into the territory of, what, you, you, I don't need to reject every single person who shares my belief because I don't think it's reasonable to say that a Richard Spencer speaks for me or, the, or that anybody would reasonably think that a Richard Spencer right. would think for either of, or would speak for either of us, now, right? When, yeah, I think you're right. And I, when have atheist groups spoken out against individuals who did something bad in the name of atheism or something like that? Have the it? one time I can recall that maybe it's, it's not Richard Spencer, but like I remember a couple of years ago there in North Carolina at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, these three Muslim people were basically assassinated yes. by their neighbor. Mm-hmm. He was an atheist. They were Muslim. Mm-hmm. I think the general immediate narrative was that this was a hate crime because of their religious differences. Mm-hmm. When the police reports came out on that and articles were written, one in particular in The New Yorker, about, well, what was that guy doing? What yeah. was that all about? Because it's been months and really we don't have a motive. It's not like he expressed that, oh, he hates these people right. necessarily. Um, there was never any established link between their religious differences. Mm-hmm. He hated them for a bunch of reasons, like, but he had other issues. I don't know if they were all mental health. They seemed like they were. Uh-huh. He was mad that they took his parking spot or something, but he wasn't going after them because he hated Muslims per se. Parking is no joke, yeah. Matt. <laughs> um, the issue with that guy, though, when the story happened, when the people were murdered mm-hmm. and the news stories were like, this guy was an atheist, he murdered these three Muslims, like the, that, that night or whatever, the next day, Every group I can think of said what that guy did, regardless of motive, was awful. Yeah. I, Those people were obviously wonderful people. Sure, we disagree with their beliefs, but that, that's never any excuse for any of this. They immediately denounced that guy. Well, and I think also when things like that happen, that there is um, any sort of actual attack on like say a church has been graffitied mm-hmm. or attacked or something like that. I do feel like regardless if of... If it's done in the name of atheism, right. like God doesn't exist, right. it's graffitied on there. Usually as a collective, we're like, this doesn't speak for us. Right. This is not how we do. And, and as often as not, donate money or help to to right that wrong. Right. But I, I can't think of many individuals that anybody, you know, like... That warrants a sort of yeah, immediate exactly. collective response. And again, I don't think Richard Spencer has done anything in the name of atheism. Yeah. That's, of course they oppose the, like the Charlottesville rally, these organizations sure. who tend to speak, at least as much as we can name anybody, they speak for a large group of atheists. Mm-hmm. But again, you can't really pin one thing on him. Uh, other people who were named in this piece, yeah. uh, they said uh, Reddit in particular. Mm-hmm. Reddit, according to one study was considered one of the most toxic subreddits. Bigoted. Bigoted, Bigoted. sorry, bigoted. 
Um, how dare you fall asleep on me? Don't I'm you so dare. I'm sorry. I've had a long week. Uh-huh. So he, uh, this is what Chris wrote in the Vice article. Three years ago, Reddit's Atheism Subforum, perhaps mm-hmm. the largest community of atheists on the internet, mm-hmm. that's true, was found to be the website's third most bigoted, meaning not just tolerant of overt displays of bigotry, but actually supportive of them. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with that. Again, and I say this as someone who uses Reddit atheism all the time. Um, I don't know that Chris does. But I know that survey. I looked at that survey when it was written. And the way they did that is they said, you know, we looked at all these comments people were making in these various subreddits. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to look at, you know, who was saying something objectively like attacking kind of someone else. Were these bigoted comments in any objective sense of the word? You know what that means? That means people who are saying things like there's an article about a Catholic priest who molests a child. Maybe that's an article that was posted on the subreddit. And people in the comment that are like, Fuck the Catholic Church. Right. This is a problem. And of course, all these other people are like, yeah, fuck them. That counts as bigoted under that survey's terms. Really? Yeah. Oh, so, so it's just kind of a flawed study. Well, yeah. Because yeah, bigotry... If you define it that way, they're like, um, I want to get the exact wording right. But yeah, that specific survey was like, they were looking, the number one problematic subreddit was saying like, oh, people who are like women, they should be killed or whatever. Or like, oh, like the MRAs. Yeah, the MRA. Like that stuff I get. That's horrible. That's not what they did. Look, you're talking about emotional subreddit where people have very strong opinions. Mm-hmm. But again, the methodology said, and I quote from the survey, it shows contempt or disagrees in a completely non-constructive manner. That's their definition of you're a toxic subreddit. Sure. Saying to hell with the Catholic Church, that counts as toxic. And of course, you're going to see that. Not only do you have anonymity, you have anonymity saying, let's comment on this particular article. And you have a lot of articles that make religion look bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're going to see people saying, yep, religion's a problem in various ways. To me, that doesn't count you know, as much as saying women don't deserve rights, right. which is what some of these other subreddits were saying. So again, if that's what the article hinges on, look, the atheists are alt-right. Using Reddit as the example of yeah. that, uh, on that survey, mm-hmm. that doesn't work for me either. Okay. Um, other people that were mentioned in this thing. Uh, let's talk about some of the celebrities that you were bringing up. Yeah. Uh, Sam Harris. Yes. He's totally said problematic things. Correct. He's uh, and by the way, he's gotten a lot of criticism of those things from other atheists mm-hmm. included. The the thing like we should not screen people who look like Jerry Seinfeld or right. Betty White or something like that, but we should kind of look for people who might be Muslim. Uh-huh. I totally see the problem with that thinking. He got nailed on that method of thinking on his own website by uh-huh. the guy he interviewed for it. Yeah, that's a problem. Now, if you ask me, does Sam Harris support Donald Trump, his policies, the alt-right, like, anti-feminism stuff, as someone who eh, frequently listens to his podcast, no. He speaks out adamantly against that stuff. Right. He's interviewed people I'm not happy with either. Mm -hmm. And he kind of tries to play defense for their views, which I don't agree with either. But if you're asking me, is he, like, the enemy? Is he the alt-right sort of supporter that... Of all this stuff, I I don't buy that. I know where people are getting that from. I just, I don't think Sam Harris is out there saying women shouldn't have equal rights, that black people shouldn't have equal rights right. or anything like that. Yeah, and like the more, and we're, I presume we're going to go through, because we've got mm-hmm. Bill Maher, Lawrence Krauss, Bill Maher, who made a racist joke and got reamed for it. Bill but again, Maher's also sort of a garbage monster. <laughs> I like him, and I say this as someone who watches his show every week. Do you? Yeah, 
and it's one of the few things I do watch. But to me, when he says these things, like, oh, this is an old guy who thinks it's funny to make fun of this stuff. It's not. At the same time, when you hear him in context, very much a champion of LGBT rights, women's yeah. rights, civil rights, the guy who gave a million dollars to the Obama campaign, uh-huh. who every week speaks out against Donald Trump. Yeah, he makes some jokes that, like, it's cringeworthy. Are, and distasteful. And distasteful. And, like, bad. That, to me, does not say, oh, he's the problem. No, I would say the people who genuinely believe the horrible things and actively fight to implement them. Right. They're the problem to me. Bill Maher, not my enemy here. He's pretty much in agreement on a lot of the important stuff, even if he makes off-color jokes that I'm like, why would you say that? That's stupid. <sighs> yeah, you're right. And I, and I think that is a really important distinction because to to call somebody a an alt-right person is is a loaded thing. Like, it is a loaded uh, description of somebody. You're almost saying you agree with all of those things we mentioned earlier. The yeah. anti-immigrant, racist. Anti- I mean, anti-Semitic, like, anti-woman. It's heavy shit. Like, these are the people who were marching in Charlottesville are these alt-right guys. So, like, and, and you know, when I was, I did get swept up and, like, reading, like, oh, yeah, these guys did do some kind of shitty things mm-hmm. and, like, seen them all listed. But I don't think many of them... Like Lawrence Krauss, they said he faces, we've talked about his sexual harassment allegations, and he's criticized the Me Too movement. That sucks. I don't necessarily think that is indicative of alt-right. Do you? There's a lot of people who've criticized, again, I really have no desire to defend Lawrence Krauss here, (laughs) criticizing the Me Too movement and certain elements. I don't even know what he criticized, frankly. I I don't know that that's the same thing as saying what they're actually striving for is something he disagrees with. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Dawkins was brought up. Richard Dawkins has a history of saying stupid shit about women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, as someone who has criticized him personally mm-hmm. and has posted things on my website critical of things he said, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll, I don't think he actually hates women. I don't think he would fight against women's rights. But in his mind, this is an example of what I'm talking about. At one point he said he was trying to make the case that you know, some things are better than other things. And then he used the example like getting raped by someone. Yeah, I remember I, that. What was the specific? It was like getting violently raped is obvious, is demonstrably and obviously worse than like date rape or getting raped by somebody yeah. you know. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Stop it. Yeah. What are you doing? Yes. That's stupid. Um, and I think a lot of people close to him said the same thing to him. Do I think he doesn't support women's rights? No. Right. He does. He's just stupid about the way he talks about it. Mm-hmm. That is not alt-right. That's a guy saying something stupid right. and then getting called out for it. Um, let me bring up a couple of people that I think are legit, fair game for okay. this sort of thing. Uh, Chris mentioned Robert Price. Robert Price is someone I think we on my website have mentioned many times. as mm-hmm. This guy is an atheist author who has written several books about Jesus's historicity, mm-hmm. the mythical aspect of all that. Um, if you're interested in those types of books, you know who Robert Price is, okay. even if the broader people at large may not. Robert Price has said still to this day, as far as I know, he supports Donald Trump. He supports those policies. It's good for America, that sort of thing. All right. That's one dude who says that stuff very openly. Right. Fine. Uh, Chris also mentions, and this is maybe the closest he gets to something where I'm like, okay, 
I get where you're coming from on this. There are popular atheist YouTubers mm-hmm. with more than a million subscribers who subscribe to some of these alt-right views as well. Right. Uh, I'll bring up the one who's, who comes up in every one of these conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ Kirk, who went by The Amazing Atheist. Oh, yeah. He has, I think, among... YouTubers who have ever used the atheist word or have talked about atheism. Mm -hmm. He has the most subscribers uh, than anybody. He, by the way, stopped using the Amazing Atheist label, uh, I think, last year, partly because, one, he doesn't talk about atheism. Two, I think... He's not that amazing? Yeah, that too. He also (laughs) felt that YouTube was hurting, penalizing him, even though he wasn't talking about atheism. Oh, interesting. Whatever. Um, I don't, again, I don't care to defend him. Yeah. Uh, He said a bunch of things that are stupid. He makes fun of feminists online all the time. Um, Does he represent a bunch of atheists? This is the question. Um, And I want to raise one issue here. First of all, as far as the broader community, big giant quote hands go, Uh He, it's not like anyone's asking him to speak at different things. He doesn't go to conferences. He isn't invited. Basically, no one likes him. Um, on YouTube, it's a different story. He, he has his fan base there. As far as, like, big atheist events go, mm-hmm. he does not. Right. It's a total divide in who's listening, what they're doing with it, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but one thing I, I want to mention that I don't think was addressed in the Vice article at all Anyone who has a contrary opinion to something that seems almost a given mm-hmm. or a popular sentiment, if you're if Barack Obama is president years ago and you're in the Tea Party wing of things mm-hmm. and you're saying all the stuff where some of it makes some sense to a lot of people and a lot of it's crazy, uh-huh. but you're saying it with confidence and you mean it and you're hyped up about it, you're going to get a lot of followers because those people have nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. Why is Fox News so popular? Because for the people who are looking for that sort of thing, they have nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. For people like us, I I watch MSNBC a lot. You might have guessed. (laughs) But I could also watch CNN, and I don't think it would jar my sensibilities Mm -hmm. at all. But there's a bunch of places I could go to to hear sensible talk. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if I wanted to hear, like, right-wing crazy, there's only one place I could go. If you want to hear people trashing women on YouTube, the amazing atheist, who wasn't talking about atheism per se, he's one of the people who does it a lot. Mm -hmm. And graphically speaking, as far as making videos go, he did it. Uh, So, of course, they're going to be drawn to him more so than a bunch of atheists mm-hmm. who don't say that sort of thing. So w- people are like, oh, he has more subscribers than anybody. So do other a couple of other people. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that because when you're saying something that is like totally far from the mainstream, you're gonna get a you're gonna get those subscriptions. You're mm-hmm. gonna get people saying, I want to listen to you. Same reason the flat earth movement, which I want to talk about later. Why do you think there are some flat earth advocates on YouTube? that have an outsized audience too. Mm-hmm. Does it mean all these people like him or subscribe to it? No, it's because if you want to hear batshit crazy, that's where you go. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Pat Robertson has this crowd? Because where else are you going to go to hear that stuff? Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean... If you said Pat Robertson represents all Christians, no, he doesn't. Right. And most Christians would say, no, that guy's crazy too, mm-hmm. I agree. But when you're looking for that sort of thing... I don't think it represents the mainstream is what I'm saying. 
Jordan Peterson is that guy from Canada who says a lot of crazy stuff, but he's a professor, so it kind of, like, I'm not a kook. Like, I know what I'm doing, and I sound smart when I say it. He's He gets, I think, like, what, $60,000, $70,000 a month on Patreon because so many people are like, finally, someone's saying the crazy stuff that I've been thinking. Can we say crazy things and make that money? We could, and we could. But we're better humans. We could and we could. We could say the things and we could probably oh. get more. I mean, this is true. Yeah. If all of a sudden this became a crazy right wing batshit mm. podcast, you can guarantee there would be people who would listen to yeah. it because oh. you're looking for that sort of thing. Whereas I could point you to a number of atheist podcasts mm-hmm. who say more or less the same mindset that we share. Yeah. Um, and they're fine. Like, but it's not. If you're looking for crazy, yeah. some people know how to do crazy really well. I definitely do have, like, if I get in really bad financial trouble, my ripcord is shopping around a book about my conversion to Christianity. There you go. And I feel like that would be my best. <laughs> like, if I need money fast, that's my plan. Yeah. One thing Guys, I... Guys, don't tell anyone. Like, be cool. <laughs> I saw one comment <laughs> about this online, which was, well, there's a conference called MythCon. It was mm-hmm. in Milwaukee last year. They're doing it again this year. They openly say we're we're aiming for the alt right crowd. Really? They, yeah. They invited speakers who are from the alt right. They are doing it again this time around. And I'm gonna estimate some numbers here, but because you know the American Atheist Conference was also last weekend, mm-hmm. I think they had like eight to nine hundred people there. They've been around for decades and decades. Mm-hmm. MythCon, which I think that was their third one last year, but the first one where they were openly were all right, have like 500 some people. Hmm. So isn't that interesting? Yeah. Some people said, no, it's not. Because again, if you were an atheist saying, I wish there was a place where I could go to to hear the alt-right stuff, there's only there's, one answer right. for you, and it's that one. If I want to hear sensible people talking about various aspects of atheism, you're not going to go there. Mm-hmm. So again, this idea that, oh, they're comparable or they have more subscribers or a fan base. Where else are these people going to go? That doesn't mean there's a trend in that direction. It doesn't mean all these people are suddenly subscribing to it. It's that this vocal minority, very small minority, mm-hmm. which never had a, I hesitate to use the word champion, of their beliefs. Right. They finally found someone who's saying, hey, it's okay. This is why Trump supporters do all the MAGA stuff, too. Mm-hmm. It's like no one expressed their beliefs, and now here's Trump doing it proudly and openly. Mm-hmm. It's like, of course they're coming out of the woodworks. No one was saying their crazy stuff forever, yeah. and now someone is. And now it sounds like that's why you see all those profiles in newspapers about like Trump supporters. It's like, why are you? Why? <sighs> why? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, because they were always there. There, but no one was defending their racism. Now right. there are now people. Now all okay. sense is acceptable point so, of view. So all of this is to say, I don't agree with the premise that too many atheists are veering dangerously toward the alt-right, yeah. as if this is some trend that is happening. It's not. There yeah. are some elements of the alt-right movement mm-hmm. that you, if you're looking for it, yeah, you could find it among some people. But if your answer is like, well, Bill Maher says some, he said racist words. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're going to point to or a flawed study on Reddit right. or Richard Spencer, who I guarantee you most atheists have no idea he's an atheist mm-hmm. because that's not what he's known for. Right. No one says I became an atheist because I listened to Richard Spencer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's what you're hinging your argument on, it's a bad argument. Yeah. And... I do want to say, just sort of as a caveat, it is not to say that there aren't pockets of toxicity in the atheist movement Absolutely as with not. any movement. Right. I do think that there's an argument to be made that maybe this 
pulls focus from that because I don't think the problem in atheism is that too many people have alt-right sensibilities. To me, that's never been a thing I've noticed like in my interactions with, with atheism. That's not to say it doesn't exist, just anecdotally, I've never seen it. What I have seen much more is sort of more plain white bread misogyny and like racism and things like that. That is an issue and we do need to address, but to go, this feels very far flung. You know, like it feels like it's sort of conflating this giant problem into something very specific that it's probably going to be hard to shake out. Whereas I think there is, it would, I would love to read an article in Vice talking about how many women, how many people of color are, are represented in atheism in high levels. Yeah, let's talk about that because that is a problem. Uh, this there, isn't maybe where where we should be focusing. There's on. one other thing uh, Chris mentioned in the website uh, in, in his article where he quoted an anonymous staffer at an anonymous organization. Yes, I noticed that. Which, that was anonymous <laughs> as hell. Right, and what is this person saying? They're saying this anonymous organization, which quote regularly issues statements about political issues as part as a major part of its advocacy strategy, also reportedly declined staff request to release a statement condemning Trump's appointment of Steve Bannon mm-hmm. as a White House advisor. And they said the reason was, according to that anonymous staffer, they didn't want to publicly oppose anyone in Trump's cabinet or inner circle, which is weird because what? everyone opposes like. All the atheist organizations. What do you think they're defending Scott Pruitt? You think they're defending Ben Carson? Why would they not trash someone in Trump's cabinet? Well, and also the the quote that they use: "When advancing yeah. atheism is your primary motive, you may have an interest ignoring that some atheists are white nationalists and neo Nazis." Yeah, so we don't want to mention Bannon because it might alert people to the idea yeah. that they're uh, Bannon's. Is he atheist? I don't think he is, but. There are atheists who are white nationalists. Right. They're just on the fringe. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. And again, I really don't know why any... I'm thinking of like the Secular Coalition for America, mm-hmm. which is one group that puts out political statements, and they will... Or Center for Inquiry, which mm-hmm. puts out political statements. Yeah, they'll say like, look, the FDA approved of pseudoscience, mm-hmm. and they'll speak out against that. The appointment of Steve Bannon is a problem for a lot of people. Right. I'm not really sure what that has to do with science, skepticism, atheism, whatever. Mm-hmm. And again, if you want press releases for every dumb thing the Trump administration did, you would never be able to do anything That's else. Three full-time jobs, my friend. Yeah, so I'm not really clear on why this anonymous group was supposed to release a statement about Steve Bannon's appointment. Because I don't, like... As opposed to any of the million other things they did, probably. Because I feel like we as a collective rail against people who are like, oh, how come Muslims aren't denouncing terrorism? I don't... I feel like when when people say that, which is often alt-right or right-leaning people are like, oh, Muslims need to, like, stand up and say they don't represent us. No, no, they don't. Like, that's not their responsibility. They just have to, like live their best life. <laughs> and, not, and, and this, I would say it's the same thing. Like, I don't feel the need to denounce anybody who's an atheist who has a garbage point of view because a lot of them do. Anyway. Okay. So that was so that the happened. whole thing. Let me bring up something that's lighter, if I may. Okay. Uh, Ken Ham. Yes. Just because it's always easy to find something delightful with yes. him. Uh, they have their own version of the show we do, actually, which is Let's Talk About the News for the Week. Oh, really? They do it twice a week. Um, that's our IP. Can we sue? Seriously, that, <laughs> that arc is ours. <laughs> um, <laughs> so on his show, one, he does it twice a week with other staffers at Answers in Genesis. 
But the funniest thing that he said on his show, Do you I listen think, to it? I definitely read the description to see what stories they're talking oh my about. God. Uh, it's 30 minutes every episode, and I can't do that to myself. Yeah, that's a lot. But, but this is what he said this week. We actually have a lot of jobs that we can't fill here at the Creation Museum and Ark Encounter, he was suggesting. And he said, you know, we have part-time, full-time, seasonal jobs. And I looked at their job page, and uh-huh. there's a ton of things on that like list. Like, what kind of jobs? Like, minimum wage type jobs or, like, mm, I don't, career jobs? Both, uh. I think. I mean, some of them were like, we need a plumber to work mm-hmm. at uh, <laughs> these places. That's, that's legit. Any big attraction would need that. Also true because they're full of shit. (laughs) 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 But they also needed like graphic designers. They need people who are like tour guides, docents, whatever. Yeah. Um, Fine. I I have no issue with any of that. But the thing is, a couple things about this. One, when they were pitching Ark Encounter to the city of Williamstown, they Uh said, give us all the tax breaks because we're going to bring all these jobs. Yeah. To your community. But that's surprising because it's not like it. I, I would be less surprised if it was in like a super blue area that nobody wanted to be associated with it. But <laughs> right. like, it's not like Kentucky is a no, bastion Kentucky said, of come like over atheism. Here. No, they said come over here because you're going to make all these jobs. Yeah. So what's up? Does this mean Williamstown is just oversaturated with jobs and there's yeah. not enough people? No. The issue is mm. if you look at their job application, uh, here's what you have to do. Oh my God, tell me and this everything. Applies, this applies to everybody from you're a tour guide to you're the plumber that's not going to have any interaction with the people who are coming to visit, per yeah. se. Uh, everyone has to submit their salvation testimony. Have you been saved by Jesus? Uh, you have to... You have, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy. you have to submit your creation belief statement that you believe evolution, as we know it, mm. is a lie, and that the earth is a few thousand years old and God created us in six days. You have to say you believe that stuff. Um, you also have to give your confirmation of your agreement with the AIG Statement of Faith, which, among other things, says marriage is always between one natural man Gross, and one so natural real. woman. So oh, not no. only do you have to be, like, <laughs> anti-gay, you basically have to deny transgender people exist. exist. Yeah. So here's the thing, Hammett. Um, as somebody who just came off a very long time of applying to very many jobs, I would say the problem with this isn't necessarily that you have to espouse all these garbage beliefs. But when you're applying for a job and they want you to, like, write seven essays, <laughs> you're just going to click out of there. Like, <laughs> come on. It's, like, the same thing when you, like, upload your resume and then they're like... When we did answer you, all your resume pl- questions. And also, like, what date did you graduate? High school. Like, what uh-huh. the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, yeah. I think that was the main problem. But that's so, thing. like, and he really just needs to, like, hook up with a zip recruiter. This, by the way, is the reason atheists sued when uh, Ark Encounter was getting all those tax yeah. breaks from the state of Kentucky. Because they said, well, you're saying you're a for-profit business that's eligible for these tax breaks. But if you're a for-profit business, why are you discriminating in your hiring? Right. You can't have it both ways. Pick one. Um, and then the courts basically said, it's fine. So we couldn't go anywhere with that. But, I mean, he's saying there's no jobs. Like, we have all these jobs. No, we have so many positions. Mm-hmm. The reason no one's applying is because not everyone believes this crazy stuff. And, like, if you're a Jew, you can't apply for the job. If you're yeah. Muslim, and I know there probably aren't a ton in Williamstown, you can't apply for the job. But here's the thing. If you're a Christian... In Williamstown, of which I assume there are many, mm. but you're a Christian who happens to think evolution is legit, or even in this marriage. case, you think, oh, you know what? I have a gay relative, and mm. they're fine. I don't have a problem with that. You can't get a job here either. So no wonder he can't find anybody yeah. for that. 
Yeah, buddy. <gasps> and anyway. God, why would you want to work there? That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> um, what else do we want to right. talk about? Um, do you want me to piss you off oh some God. more while you're looking? Yeah, All I right. guess. I'm going to give you a scenario here. Imagine in our Senate, which is what, 51, 49 Republicans, Mm -hmm. every vote, if it's party line, is going to be pretty close, Mm -hmm. but Republicans are going to get the upper hand every time if Mm -hmm. they vote by party lines. Okay, so imagine if there was an informal rule that said, hey, we have a big vote coming up, but hey, a, a Democrat in this case says, I can't make it to that vote because my, I'm, my wife is giving birth or I'm giving birth that day. So I can't be there for the vote. And it's a consequential like, bill that Damn they're it, voting. This is feeling really specific for a hypothetical. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> here's what, imagine now, if mm-hmm. the Republicans said, well, if you can't be here for the vote, mm-hmm. we're going to sit out one of our own people just to make sure we don't get an upper hand because you had a personal thing happening. That's unfair for the vote to hinge on your thing going on. So we'll just sit one of our people out and then we'll vote. Wouldn't that be a nice bipartisan gesture there? Yes, but I'm very suspicious. So in Australia, in the state of Victoria, this is what they do in their parliament. It's a tradition known as pairing, basically saying if someone from the opposition party or the main governing party can't be there for the vote for some personal reason, Mm -hmm. the other side will sit someone out. That way that that vote isn't affected. So here's what happened in this case. Australians are such a good boy. It's such a nice thing to do. Okay. (laughs) So uh, I'm not... If there are anyone listening who knows Australian politics, I'm not going to pretend to know if this bill is good or bad. Uh I'm not going to pretend to tell you I know about the bill, whether it's a good or bad bill, but it had to do with fire services and how the fire department was organized. That's what this bill was about. The basically the governing party, I believe is liberal from the way we say it. Mm -hmm. And the opposition party is conservative. Oh, yeah. Whatever they call themselves. It has that buck wild thing of like the conservatives are the liberal party and the liberals are. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just saying. The liberals, as we see them, are in the majority by a little bit. Called the kangaroo party. And the other ones are the (laughs) emu party. I'm so confused already. So, anyway, (laughs) the, the. American conservative folks in the Australian side, two two of the not governing people said, hey, we're going to vote on this fire bill on Good Friday, but we are both religious and we don't want to be here voting on Good Friday. We want to be with our family. We want to do God stuff. Sure. So two of the conservatives... Uh, technically the Liberal Party, but two of the conservatives said... How dare you, <laughs> I know, <from> sorry. <laughs> uh, they said, we don't want to be here on Good Friday. What did the governing party do? They said, fine, we'll sit out two of our members okay. on Good Friday, and then we're going to have this vote because we need to get this done. Mm-hmm. So Good Friday comes around. They're going to vote on this bill. And those two guys from the conservative group, uh-huh. they showed up. <gasps> And the liberals, as we know them, they're paired people uh-huh. who said, well, we'll take the day off, too. They weren't there. Wait. Uh-huh. A second. So you're <laughs> saying, so it would be like, I want to take the day off. And you're like, cool, I'll take the day off, too. And yeah. then you take the day off. And I'm like, JK, I'm showing the fuck up. Yeah. Holy and, shit. Uh-huh. That is underhanded as hell. And the conservatives won that vote 19 to 18. Yikes. Those two people were the deciding votes. On Good Friday. On Good Friday, no less. Oh, so it's like this is a dick move completely. Super dick move. Oh, my God. So 
Oh my god! <laughs> Even more than it wasn't just political maneuvering, which is how they, they played this off. Mm-hmm. Like we were just doing what we needed to do for our people. Like you used God to like. That's really <laughs> underhanded. Totally underhanded. Oh the opposition, god. the opposition leader's party, the one that eventually won this vote because uh-huh. they were shady. He tweeted, I'm so proud of my upper house colleagues and the members of parliament who stood up for our CFA today and defeated the government plan to smash it up. The liberal nationals will always stand up for volunteers against this bully of a premier. Basically saying like, nope, not apologizing. We won. Yikes. (laughs) They're children. Oh, my God. There was a group called the Australian Sex Party. (laughs) Almost a fringe, like, funny, Uh but they represented reasonable policies. (laughs) They have one member in the Senate. Her name is Fiona Patton. It's not known as the Australian Sex Party anymore. It's called the Reason Party. But she's the lone representative in this chamber. And she told one newspaper, this was, quote, ball tampering of the highest order. Wow. So, Shit. Man. She's uh, coming hot. Every single member in their Senate, by the way, that did this vote, they're all up for re-election in November. Huh. So I don't know how this will play out, if this will be an issue. But I just found, like, it's not just a dick political move. They used God to, like, basically lull the other side into complacency. Ster- I oh. cannot believe it. Anyway, what you got? Oh, um... So there is an author named Michael W. Austin who um, he's a philosopher or something to that extent. He works in sort of the religious. I did research. Mm-hmm. So he wrote an opinion piece in the New York, New York Daily. So now, last week we talked a little bit about um, um, about why evangelicals continue to support Trump in spite of the fact that nothing he does or says or acts like has anything closely related to Christian values incorporated into them. Um, but this gentleman, who is an uh, evangelical Christian, wrote kind of a hot take in the Daily News about, like, no, we need to stop supporting this man. And it's not enough that he's appointing conservative judges, which is, as we which sort of... Which is the reason they keep right. supporting him. Um, so he just... so he. I mean, it's a really interesting read, and it's somebody who has a super reasonable point of view couched in sort of evangelical beliefs. So he says, I do not believe, uh, I do not care about the religious faith of our president as it relates to his or her suitability for the office. I would much rather have an atheist in office who displays virtue, is concerned about justice and compassion for all people, and demonstrates basic respect for others just because they're human. Mere professions of Christian faith have little value. That sounds like something Jesus would say. Right? He kind of tore into um, Christians who are seeing that they're kind of well, he's it's the pro-life thing, right? It always can, it always comes back to anti-abortion stances. Um, so, it I don't know. It, and he says Christians should not be seeking to create a Christian sta- state. We should be seeking to create a just state, which yeah. I liked a lot. Yeah. Um, and he said um, talked about the life and teachings of Jesus. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount teaches that is not only our actions that matter, but the heart behind those actions. Jesus encourages his followers to seek to seek reconciliation rather than anger, to value uh, marital marital faithfulness, yikes, uh, to be persons of integrity and generosity, and to love even our enemies. Um, to dismiss this as irrelevant to the character and actions <laughs> of, a, of a president is, from a Christian point of view, unthinkable. And contrary to what Graham claims, um, he talked about... Franklin Graham, I Thank assume. you. Um, 
it, it is not only pastors who are oh because uh, Franklin Graham said that he's not the pastor of the United States. He's oh the right, Donald of the United Trump States. isn't the pastor. Right, I roll forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Christians should not exempt large parts of personal and political life from moral implications of the gospel. No president should be expected to embody all the teachings of Jesus, but each president should at least exemplify some basic moral virtues found there and elsewhere in the Bible. Kindness, respect for others, honesty, uh, compassion, justice, and even a bit of humility. The the policies Trump proposes and supports and signs into law should reflect these values and they should respect show respect for the rule of law. When policies and characters fall so far from the ideal, Christians should be the first to hold them accountable rather than destroying our moral and spiritual credibility for a few scraps of political power. Good for this guy. Which is great. Like, this is, I think, what you... is much more a much more eloquently stated version of what you and I have been kind of yelling about for a year of... Like, yes, it there's no religious test for office... And but if you're a Christian, shouldn't you be holding your so-called Christian leader up to any sort of <laughs> accountability, like, any accountability, reason. any any uh, standards of behavior? He mentions the fact that Trump is like a name caller, even those little things that are, as I understand Christianity and as I understand the teachings of of Christ. I don't think Jesus would have like called people crooked or little or whatever. Like that seems so no, he washed the antithetical feet. to to everything that Christians say they believe, right. and that's why it's so hard to take people seriously when they sort of grandstand in this way of of, of pretending they have this moral high ground and love to talk about how atheists like us don't have any moral grounding because we don't believe in God, but like. Maybe, but like, if I'm an asshole, I'm an asshole of my own accord, not in spite of everything I say that I am. <laughs> right. So I, I, no, I really atheists are proud assholes. Yeah, assholes. I'm very smug and comfortable yeah. in it. <laughs> right. Um. So it's anyway, weird I, that an article like that is seen as kind of an anomaly. Like, you need to write something like that. Yeah. Because, because you, what does it say about our country when that stands out? Because, because I guess my question is when people say they want a quote unquote Christian nation. What does that look like to them? Because to me, what Donald Trump is trying to get into office or get into policy doesn't look like any form of Christianity that I recognize. And I say that as an as an outsider mm-hmm. to to Christian to Christianity in general. But like, you know, I watch Jesus Christ Superstar. I know what he's into. <laughs> um, and and I just don't understand how. And I still will never understand how people who are <laughs> Donald Trump has no desire to do anything like Jesus, especially if Jesus looks like John Legend. <sighs> Oh my God, we're going to have to talk about that later. I <laughs> loved every moment of that show. Um, yeah, it, it, and it's harder to take um, Christians seriously when they do this moral grandstanding when in reality they are so quick to drop anything even resembling morality or justice or kindness to get what they want, which yeah. is abortion out loud. Let me bring up this story that I I had no idea this was a thing until this week. Oh. If you've ever walked around in your neighborhood, maybe you've seen it. It looks like a tiny little library in your front yard. It's almost like a, a bird seed hole or something. But you can open up the little mini library. It's, it's stocked with books. You're allowed to take whatever you want. You could drop a book in there. It's literally called a little free library. And a lot of people have it in their front yard. They kind of make their That's own really version cute. of I've it. That's really cute. I've seen one. Totally cute. Yeah. If I'm walking around the neighborhood or something, I've seen one or two of those. Mm-hmm. And it's always one of those things that we're walking around. It's like, oh, well, let's see what's in there. Yeah. Just to check it out. They're always Are you supposed to like leave a book or you just take 
Ghostbusters. Either one. Okay. I think the premise is if you take it and never give it back, it's not like we know you took it. It's fine. Right. Um, but hey, if, it's nice. Mm-hmm. It's a nice thing. In fact, I didn't know this either. I just saw that. I'm like, oh, maybe this is a thing this one person did or they got the idea somewhere and they did it themselves. No, it's a huge community. There's mm-hmm. a website. You can log your little free library in. There's a map of where all of them are. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's like geocaching in a sense. It's really neat. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, James Zimmerman, he's a guy who occasionally contributes to the website. He said, well, I do this, mm-hmm. and I'm part of the forums where we discuss as a, they call themselves stewards. That's adorable. Of he says the stewards discuss issues we're all having on a forum on their website, and it turns out there's a big problem where, for a lot of people, their little free libraries are being stocked with religious paraphernalia. Really? Like Jehovah's Witnesses are coming by and leaving material in them. Mormons are leaving books of Diabolical. Uh-huh. And the question is, among all the stewards, what do we do about this? What do they do? Do we throw throw them out? Yes. Because some people have tried that, but then they get restocked. That is buck wild. (laughs) Yeah. It also, some of them, I'm going to read off some of the complaints that they had. Um, it's not just books, by the way, it's flyers, it's religious propaganda, stuff like that. Um, some of them said they didn't, they didn't mind books about religion, just not the recruity kinds. Mm -hmm. Um, but some of them said, would I put up a, how about if I put up a no soliciting sign? The problem is the people walking around knocking on doors, Jehovah's Witnesses, they do not see what they do as soliciting. Right. So they don't care. Uh, what else was there? What about... Uh, one of them said, I actually don't mind if I, there are people putting religious books in there if anyone was actually reading them. Yeah. But no one's picking them up, You're so they're just, just taking up it. space. Yeah. That's another issue. Um, one of them said they didn't mind it because, hey, if someone's curious about the religion, that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually said it was okay because that means they don't have to deal with someone knocking on their door. Maybe that's okay. Mm-hmm. One person said, should I build a Christian little free library next to the real one? <laughs> it's like a, like a lightning <laughs> rod? Yes. <laughs> um, but that person said, uh, that was a suggestion, and one person said, the Lord did not direct me to do that. Yikes. Um, one person said, you know, I could put a, I just toss it all in the recycling bin. Uh, some people said, do whatever you want. It's your little free library. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no one answer. But James, the guy who wrote this piece, said like, I was a Jehovah's Witness, and let me offer, I used to be, let me offer an explanation as to why this is maybe happening. And he doesn't know this for a fact, but this is what he thinks is happening. He said, when you're a Jehovah's Witness, you know, they knock on doors trying to get you to to talk to them about beliefs and stuff. That's, they're famous. Wait, can I guess what they're doing? Please. Is it that they don't feel like actually going door to door, so they just like shove all their flyers into one place and pretend like, yeah, I gave them all out. You're halfway there. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And he said when he went knocking on doors, they had to fill out like a report after the fact saying, I knocked on this many doors. I had this many hours of conversation with people, whatever. But there's also a place on the checklist saying, did you drop off the magazines and the flyers? Mm-hmm. And so that might mean you go to a restaurant or a store and you drop off that material. Mm-hmm. But being able to just do it in a free library, you're killing all the birds with yeah. one stone right there. 
And so it's like you're actually making it easier to be a witness because they can check off their checklist. Those JWs, <laughs> so they're resourceful. It, what, I was just boggled. I, I didn't realize this was a thing that was happening. Mm-hmm. And now every time I pass one of these libraries. Do you, you like check? I'm going to have to. I haven't had a chance to because it's cold out. But I'm like, next time I see one, I'm totally going to look inside. Do you and have see like a box somewhere of your book or one of your books? <laughs> I do. Can you just like <laughs> roll a wagon around and just shut <laughs> Well, now I'm tempted. Yeah, get that readership, yo. It was just one of those like, whoa, didn't realize that was a problem now. That's hysterical. Uh, So I want to talk about the great state of New Jersey. New Jersey, the garden state. Um, So their their state representatives are in the... um, in the process of passing a bill that a bill sure that too is the word I said mm-hmm. a bill that um, makes it more difficult to opt out of vac- uh, vaccinating your kids opt out of it opt out of it okay. so you know they've been it seems like they've been kind of drilling because it used to be I think pretty easy to say like no my religion says I can't get mm-hmm. vaccines um, so New Jersey is is in the process of making it um, a little more difficult not untenable like so here's what you'd have to do. Um, families can still opt out of vaccinations if they either and and slash or um, provide a written statement um, submitted by a licensed physician that the exemption is based on valid medical reasons, which those definitely exist. And there are reasons that people physically cannot get vaccinations. Um, They have documentation explaining how the vaccine conflicts with their religious religious tenants. Provide a written, notarized, sign, and sworn statement that explains the nature of the person's religion that is uh, implicated it, that is implicated by the vaccine, or a statement acknowledging that the person understand. Uh, this would be and a statement acknowledging the person understands the risks and benefits of vaccination to the to the student and public health, and acknowledges that the student may be excluded from attendance at the school if there's a communicable disease that breaks out. Okay. So it's a lot of work, but to you could do still it. opt out if you wanted to. Yes. Yeah, so. All, and which I applaud them. I think it's very good that we're drilling down on people who just like decide they don't want to mm-hmm. uh, vaccinate. This kind of takes away from the Jenny McCarthy type of people who are just like, well, I think it's bad because it causes autism. Yeah, and honestly, and I will say this: like, I I'm obviously very much pro vaccines and think everybody should be vaccinated and think they're healthy and think it's probably the single greatest medical accomplishment the world has ever seen. I do understand the point of view of, hey, we, the government is making your kid get these shots. Mm-hmm. I do understand where are that you fear cool, comes from. Are you cool with the public school saying, we're not going to let you in here? A hundred percent. No, no I, I, I don't agree with them. I don't no, think I know. they're right. You I, understand their, you, you're empathetic to their fears and yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. But if the public school says, well, your kid can't come here if they're not, they don't get their shots, whatever, that's yeah, it, they're that's lost. Fi- yeah, that's, that's the family's if that is If that is the route you choose, then right. you're also choosing to homeschool your kids or whatever. Right. Um, so all that uh, being said, so they released this video of them passing this bill up to like a Senate vote. So mm-hmm. it's not even like it was passed in a law. It was just like went, went from one, one house to another. And I, there's video of this, and people are going, people are scre- like in the the chambers. count the chambers, screaming and like shaking their fists and like it is bananas. It is the crazy. Because what this is government interference in our lives. I, I that mean, sort it's of thing. all about like oh my my child my choice or whatever. Uh huh. 
I. But it's not. But That's it's. The thing. But, and 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 I. If <laughs> if you're not familiar with how vaccines work, the simple thing is there's a thing called herd immunity, and usually vaccines work most of the time. But there are some people to whom, with whom, for whom the right. vaccine isn't effective. But because everybody around you is vaccinated, you are very unlikely to get this, even though you personally are not protected against. So when you're when this kid's not vaccinated, mm-hmm. it could compromise all of us. Yes. And that's the problem with and that's why, even though again I'm empathetic to their fears, I do not give a shit about their fears because mm-hmm. herd immunity is a thing. It is a societal thing. We are in this thing together and this is how we can protect ourselves, protect our own children, protect other children. And adults. So I'm glad you brought that up because here's another story about vaccines. Oh, cool. Uh, This woman who's a Christian author, her name is Brittany Cara, K-A-R-A. She's also a hypnotherapist. Cool. Uh, So, yay. (laughs) She posted a video uh, maybe a week ago. Basically, it's a long video, but there's a section of it where she denounces vaccines. And she says, she's kind of like the protesters you just mentioned. Uh And she says that vaccines are... Silly, basically. Silly? Eh, my word, not hers. Okay. But here's the reason she doesn't buy into the whole vaccine thing. I'm going to quote her. Oh, my her. God. There's nothing in the Bible that talks about vaccines. You're kidding me right uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. So I just want you guys to think about that. So if God knew in the future that he was going to help create these amazing things, that we're going to cha- just change our health and be the best, you know, scientific advancement in human society ever, and it's just, oh, my gosh, they're so great. Like, why isn't there anything, any inkling, of talk about these things called, quote, vaccinations coming into being later to save people. Like, if that was really God's plan and they're so amazing, then why isn't it in there at all? Unquote. And she says this as she's making a Facebook Live video on the internet. I don't remember that stuff in the Bible. She's wearing Uh her earbuds, which I don't recall Jesus Uh listening to. Um, think about all the things she does use on a daily basis that are not mentioned in the Bible. See medicine in general. <laughs> Penicillin. Uh, by the way, one of the edited versions of this clip of this talk she made uh-huh. uh, was also online. And after the clip, uh-huh. they also said, "You know what else isn't in the Bible?" That list included penicillin, computers, Viagra, airplanes. Uh, neither is Google, by the way, which she says she used to look all this up. Neither are guns, since we're talking about Christians. Yeah. And Jesus isn't in the New uh, Old Testament. Do we have to stop believing in him, too? You know what is oh in the Bible? God. Rape, genocide, murder, misogyny, infanticide. It doesn't mean Jesus was giving it a stamp of approval, even by Christian standards. Right. Um, and toilets aren't even in the Bible either, but at oh. least I would understand if she didn't use Can those because she's full of shit. Oh, that's a good joke. Uh, thank you. It's the only one I had. <laughs> um, by the way, one other person mentioned later on in her live stream of this talk, uh, this uh, woman, Brittany Cara, said something anti-trans. Mm. And one of the commenters said, my daughter is transgender. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, here's what she said. Uh, Brittany, the speaker. Why, when did we decide that we were going to inject our healthy babies with dead babies? I think she's referring to stem cells. When did we decide that that was a smart thing to do and expect them not to have brain damage? And then we expect them not to have gender disorders. Wow, that was yeah. a long walk, huh? <laughs> so I guess <laughs> vaccines cause you to be transgender is what she was getting at. Um, so a commenter. Holy cow. Yeah, oh, yeah. So one commenter said, my daughter is transgender. Like, now what? So angry. What's the response from Brittany? 
Shrug I'm, emoji. I'm so sorry to hear this, Terry. It's happening to many families. <gasps> praying for you. Oh, oh. honey. Oh. Yikes. That is incoherent. Uh-huh. You want it? Here's a story for you. There's Happier. Just totally. Really quick, yeah. like sidebar. There, you know how people on Facebook like have like group tags? Yeah. Of where you like tag something about like, so this is the, you know, the right's famous memeing ability or I have whatever. no idea what you're talking about because I don't talk to people. Uh, people I think people, <laughs> like when you see in comments that like somebody has a comment, but it's a link to a group. Oh, okay. So there's, <laughs> there's one that I find extremely useful. This is, <laughs> I think the group is basically like, yeah, it's reprehensible, but it's also dis- dizzyingly incoherent, <laughs> which I find <laughs> set for shit like this. It's like, I know what you're saying is bad, but also what? <laughs> anyway, that, that fits this perfectly. Yeah. Uh, so she's a new person I didn't know I had to be worried about, but now I am. Uh, this is a sad story, but it, it's it's sweet in a sense. There's a couple in Canada they were 95 and 94 years old, George and Shirley Brickenden. They've been married for 73 years. Fuck. Uh-huh. And, you know, a couple of years ago, as you might expect, their bodies started not doing so well. Shirley had a heart attack in 2016, almost died, but made it. Now she has rheumatoid arthritis. She's in constant pain. Yeah, that's not fun. George, on his birthday, his 95th birthday, was found passed out. He was unconscious. His heart was also failing, but he recovered from it. But again, it's not a pleasant way to live. Mm -hmm. And so they're old and they're in Canada. And Canada has a law that allows you to do physician-assisted death. Mm -hmm. And the the, the rules are very clear here because they don't want anyone taking advantage of it. But the rules say if you're older than 18, you're a Canadian citizen, mentally competent, as physicians have to attest to, Mm. if you're suffering from a, quote, serious and incurable disease, illness, or disability, and in a, quote, advanced state of irreversible decline with enduring and intolerable suffering, Mm -hmm. then okay, we'll consider it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the rule here. So like a couple of doctors have to say, yes, you are in full capability to make your own decisions here. Mm -hmm. I think you know what you're doing. And yeah, you are suffering. So I will give you the okay. A couple people looked at them both. They said yes. And so last week, one night, with their family by their side, they got went to the room. I'm going to read from the article here that was about them. They walked into their bedroom. They lay down together holding hands. The two doctors, one for each patient, inserted intravenous lines into their arms One of their daughters rubbed her mom's feet. The other rubbed her dad's. They smiled. They looked at each other. Pamela said, then Mr. Brickenden looked at his children standing at the edge of the bed. I love you all, he said. And then they passed. Jessica's crying. Um, Shut up. It's a beautiful. I know. It's a beautiful story. And by the way, this is why they passed that law. Because shouldn't you have the right to decide how you go? Mm-hmm. That's the moral of this. That's why they passed it. It's the humane thing to do. Why should you let them suffer when, in their mind, let me get my life in order. Mm-hmm. Let me have my family near me so I can say my goodbyes. Let it be relatively painless. Yes. And let me go on my own terms with my loved one by my side. Because mm-hmm. especially, man, when you're in your mid-90s, it sounds even worse to say one of you has to go and the other is left without Ugh, you. Yeah. So, they did everything the law was intended to do, and mm. they went the way that made them happy and their family happy. So naturally, 
there are Christians who have spoken out and said, this is the worst thing ever because how dare you play with God's master plan. So like basically it's how dare you mess with God's master plan here because you're messing, you're, you're basically taking your life into your hands. Right. These are the same people who think suicide is always wrong, be, not because of the underlying reasons someone may want to kill themselves, mm-hmm. but because it's not your decision when your life ends. And I, Matt Walsh, who we've talked about before, Ugh. he was one of the people that's like, oh, people say this is a beautiful story. There's nothing beautiful about this. It's like, what do you want? In his view, I guess, it would be better if these people died whenever... Suffering for yeah. prolonging the suffering, or it's better that like a 19 year old dies tragically in a car crash for no specific reason, but God decided it, so it's fine. Rather than I don't know, yeah. I just I don't I don't get it, and I also don't get how how people who are use words like nanny state are also anti this kind of thing. So, so, and by that, I mean, it's, it's tends to be either libertarians or people who lean right, who don't think the government should have any say in how we live our life at all, which is not an unreasonable point of view in certain lights. It's not necessarily something I espouse to, but to me, like that is the most, like whether you want to live or not is the most personal decision you can make. And for a law to be enacted to, prevent it feels really like an overstep of of freedom right yeah 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 like you don't get to decide what happens to your body more right. or less we which, get to decide for you which is the pro-life stance it is it's uh-huh. also an anti-abortion stance <laughs> right. of like well yeah, yeah no it's fucking garbage. um let me read you their obituary Matt really walsh quick. is the pit he is this is the family wrote the obituary for their parents, and they wrote, you're going to cry again, but I'll read this anyway. Mm. This was their final act of love, hoping their act will pave the way for others who are suffering. They were fully at peace with this decision and had the support of their four devoted children who have always known this was how they wanted it to be when the time came. We are all forever grateful for the compassionate assistance of Dying with Dignity, the mm-hmm. group that helped them. They have blessed this earth together for 73 years, and it's time for them to bless the stars. That's beautiful. (laughs) And then they said instead of flowers, they wanted people to make donations to Dying with Dignity. Uh, In the U.S., by the way, in case you're curious, death with dignity laws, only legal in six states plus Washington, D.C. Yeah. That's it. So uh, I'm going to run through a couple quick ones here before we finish off. Okay. let me talk about God's Not Dead 3, which came out last weekend. Did you see it? No. Okay. Uh, it's called God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness. <laughs> but I did want to... This one stars John Corbett, who was on Sex and the City and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. He's the... the Wait, really? The boyfriend in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yep. Yeah. What's his name in Sex and the City? Go ahead. Yeah. I know who you're talking uh, about. He's the nice guy. Everyone liked yeah, that guy. she cheated on him. He's a carpenter. Those are the things yeah. I remember about him. So he's in this movie. He plays an athe- he plays the atheist attorney. <laughs> um, and in the movie, the pastor has a church. It's on campus. The campus doesn't want his church on campus. The church burns down. He wants to build it back up. And there's a so lawsuit. bored already. I know. Um, here's the thing I want to mention. Uh, you, look, the second I said God's not dead, you know what the film is about. Yep. Um, 
the first God's Not Dead, the one that actually was a phenomenon That's with one I've seen. Hercules and and the kid with the atheist professor, uh-huh. that made sixty million dollars. That's why it was a phenomenon. Like mm-hmm. they didn't cost much to make, relatively speaking, but they made a ton. It really did start like this revival of horrible Christian movies. Aiden, Aiden was his Aiden, name. Aiden, that's right. And uh, God's Not Dead in its first weekend in the theaters. Mm-hmm. It made an average of $11,817 per theater that it was in. Is that a lot or a little? That is a lot for a a not blockbuster Black Panther type of movie. Uh That's a lot. Um, God's Not Dead 2, which came out two years later in 2016, Mm -hmm. made $20 million over the course of its run, a lot less. But the first weekend it was out made $7 million, I'm sorry, an average of $3,152. Per theater. That's a huge drop. Yeah. So what happened with God's Not Dead since all we could say? We don't know how much it's going to make in the full run, Mm -hmm. but on average, how much did it make per theater? 1,553. Yeah. Oh, they went from 11,000 for God's Not Dead one to 1,500 for God's Not Dead three. Now, Hammond, I wasn't a math teacher like you, but I think the numbers are lower. Lower. Yes. (laughs) Would Um, you say lower? And the only reason I bring that up, it's, it's like, like this isn't, I said this in my post about this too. It's not just bad for a Christian movie. It's not bad for a movie. It's bad for a God's Not Dead movie. Mm-hmm. Like this is doing really poorly. And you have to wonder, okay, are they finally going to let Jesus die once and for all? Oh, come on. Like, can we be oh. done with this movie completely? Uh, you know what? <laughs> this was funny. Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas, which came out a few years ago. Which it, I heard is atrocious. It is at one point, it was the worst rated film on IMDb's website. Oh, really? Now it's number two worst. Um, it made more money per theater on its opening weekend really? than God's Not Dead 3 did. So, the, by the way, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes and look up God's Not Dead, A Light and Darkness, the reviews are gloriously panning the movie. Um, Why do you think it's gotten worse? Is it that Christians don't want to see shit movies for some reason? Because at least for the first one, it played into every stereotype you could imagine. Atheist professor, proud Christian college student, um, you know, like their clash, whatever. Mm -hmm. It played into all the Christian uh, conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. And it was 2014. Remember, Obama was still in office. That Mm -hmm. stuff is very much at play. Mm -hmm. Now, this idea that Christians have it really rough and we see what happens with Christians in the nation and like, who are they supporting? I... And they're, they have to really stretch to find an example of Christian persecution. Right. But remember, God's Not Dead 2 was about a teacher who mildly suggested a religious thing in the classroom, and a student who is an atheist is the one who sued her. This was Melissa Joan Hart playing the teacher. <gasps> really? Yeah. Um, that one is like, it's even, even atheist groups wouldn't have picked that fight. Right. Because she didn't try to proselytize in the classroom. This one, it's like, that even the atheist guy, like, I don't know, they're stretching to make any plot work. Mm-hmm. Um, let me bring up one other story that was, um, this one involved one of those, we've talked about Christian bakers who won't bake a cake for a gay wedding. Why is it Floris, yeah, Floris who won't make flower arrangements, whatever. Um, this one involves a wedding venue. This Christian couple owns some farm. It's a very beautiful farm area, so they host a lot of weddings, receptions, <laughs> things like that, whatever. Uh, Cynthia and Robert Gifford, they own this place. So a lesbian couple wanted to use their farm. Mm-hmm. The couple said, you can't. Um, they filed. The lesbian couple filed a lawsuit 
They won the lawsuit. Good. And the couple, the Christian couple, had to pay a $10,000 fine plus an additional $3,000 to each woman. Oh. Dollars to each woman. So, okay, fine. Now, the question is, what do they do from here on? Mm-hmm. Do they go out of business because they refuse to play by the rules and obey the law? So they're not, they're not backing down. They're not backing down. They, they want to stay in business. But the thing is, if they want to stay in business, this is... Uh, sorry, I'm trying to find the state they're in. They're in New York. If they want to stay in business, they have to not discriminate against mm-hmm. gay couples. So the question is, what do you do if you're them? And here's what they decided. On their website, they now list a disclaimer. I'm going to read this. It's not that long. Really? At Liberty Ridge Farm, our deeply deeply held religious belief is that marriage is a union of one man and one woman, and the farm is operated with the purpose of strengthening and promoting marriage in furtherance of this purpose and to honor and promote our moral and religious beliefs. Now it is. We donate a portion of our business proceeds to organizations that promote strong marriages, such as the Family Research Council. So if you give us money, we're going to give some of it to a totally anti-gay Christian That's diabolical. Mm -hmm. Also kind of genius. This is the question I had for you. Is it one or the other? Is it both? Um, As I, what I said, is it a jerk move or a brilliant one or both? I don't know. On one hand... I kind of don't hate this. <laughs> On one hand, I, I'm with you. I kind of thought, you know what? If I give money to a venue like this, I don't care what they do with the money afterwards. I'm sure people I've paid money to for various things yeah. have used it for reasons I don't like after the fact. Like birth control. Sure, yeah. Well, how dare you? <laughs> so it's like, look, if I eat a pizza hut and I give the pizza guy a credit card, like, what's the owner going to do with the money? I don't right. care. I'm not following you, so you could do what you want with it. And in some ways, I actually appreciate that they're right up front with their bigotry. Mm -hmm. And here's where I think it could backfire on them, though. I mean, it almost seems diabolical because, like, wow, they they probably are pushing away the gay couples they don't want to service. No, they're they're doing exactly that. Mm -hmm. But I wonder how many decent straight couples Mm. would see something like this thinking oh i want to this farm looks nice i want to hire them or i want to book this place see that disclaimer and say oh god these people are monster people yeah so i'm going to take my business elsewhere i've heard this argument for gay baker i'm sorry christian bakers who don't want to deal with gay couples either i would much rather you put a sign up in front of your door that says no gay people welcome here we're not going to sell to you Mm -hmm. uh for your gay wedding or whatever because as a straight person i would look at that and say you're not getting my business either yeah and you could avoid it completely. I hope that happens. Yeah. I know the Facebook page for this company, like I'm sure they've gotten a ton of nasty reviews already because mm-hmm. of the case against them. But like if you're a straight couple, you're you shouldn't go there either. Right. Like I hope you don't. Yeah, so, there is something appealing of like I know what this looks like and I know how to avoid it as opposed to like, God, it's the sneaky bigots that get you. Right. You know? Right. So, all right. I got one last one. This will be quick. A poll just came out. Uh, I just saw it today. I think it came out yesterday. Uh, it's by YouGov, which does a lot of polling and stuff. And here's what they found. They were asking people, do you believe the world is round or flat? The categories, meh, like round, spherical, oval, whatever. Obloid, whatever you want to call it. Okay, but is round or flat? three-dimensional or two-dimensional? Yeah. They asked people, is the world flat? Only 66% of people 18 to 24 said, I have always believed the world is round. That's alarming. Yeah. 
Now, only 4% of them said, I believe it's flat. Okay. But everyone else there, they have doubts. Or maybe they lean in the direction of, like, yeah, of course, it's round. But... Or... Yeah, that, by the way, that answer is 9%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Or it's like, goodness. sure, it's round. Eh, but... That's 9%. People who are like, well, it's flat, but, you know, I don't know for sure. That's 5 Like... Wow. Millennials ruin a lot of things. I didn't know they ruin brain cells, too. <laughs> um, and by the way, it's worse for people who are 18 to 24 than 55 or older, 94% of them, except that the world is round. They Obviously, it's a poll. They don't go into why it's happening. Mm-hmm. But I would suspect it's because this point of view is getting some airtime from uh, NBA star Kyrie Irving, <laughs> NFL star Geno Smith, the rapper B.O.B., who we've mm-hmm. talked about, that idiot who is launching a rocket into space to try to prove the world is flat. Oh, we could never get high enough to prove it. Whatever. You know, um, follow so, your dreams. And this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. When you have someone like Kyrie Irving saying something so ludicrously stupid, but he's the only one saying it, mm-hmm. the people who care for that sort of thing are like, well, he said it. I'm going to pay attention. Yeah. As opposed to the all the other NBA stars who are like, no, it's round, or anyone reason who says it's round. We're like, well, yeah, there's a million people saying that, but only one guy dumb enough so to say it out numbers loud. Numbers are here. gonna be so the flatter thing. Like, yeah, no wonder it's getting some airtime because there are people who are saying it with some confidence, and they act like it's a conspiracy, and everyone thinks everyone everything's a conspiracy right. now. So I'm not surprised, but like. God, we're dumb. <laughs> um, by the way, one other aspect of that poll said, in general, 20% of people uh, are very religious, but among flat earthers, 52% of people are very religious. Interesting. Yeah, 25% of the population is not religious at all. Mm-hmm. Among flat earthers, 17%. It's lower. Or, apparently, in the words of Chris Stedman, we're all veering toward flat earthism. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, um, Ona Ross and Carrie, which is a podcast I listen to, uh, Ross has been on the, on this show. Um, they did a whole segment on going to like flat earther conventions yeah. and all this stuff. And it, that was a really interesting aspect that they always talked about. Like, it's not a Christian thing. It's not a Christian thing. But then they would use very like Christian-y language, but, <laughs> but it's like not a Christian thing. the four corners thing. of the earth, which is mentioned in yeah, the Bible. Yeah, or so. like the, yeah, exactly. But they would like. <laughs> like subtly hint or not subtly like overtly hint about like <laughs> it's Christian but it's not a Christian thing like to right. be clear that's definitely a series uh, worth, worth watching anyway. or listening to um, I have one last thing before listener mail and happy things yes I actually don't want to give this too much time I wrote a lot of notes relative to how much I want to talk about no. it um, so there's two men who are Garbage, I guess, is kind of how Thank I want you. to start. Yes. I'm Not you. you. I'm with you here. Okay. Go on. Just the two. Everybody <laughs> else is. Yeah. Go right. Um, so a couple dudes have come out with some real hot takes about abortion. Um, there's one. It, oh, fuck. I should have looked up how to say his name. Bob Nonini. Oh, yes. I remember this guy. Nonini? We is that what it is? Yeah, sure. So he's um, a candidate for... Um, Lieutenant Governor of Idaho. He's a Republican. And, like, Idaho is a beautiful state, and I'm really offended that this man thinks he can represent them. Um, he 
he is of the really cool fun sect of people who are not only anti-abortion, but think that people should be punished for providing or obtaining an abortion, which is a super cool and chill way to look at the world. Um, he said, there should be no abortion, and anyone who has an abortion should pay, which is, holy shit, are you a Bond villain? Like, you have to pay? Gross. I think if I remember this correctly, they were doing a candidate forum, mm -hmm. and the moderator said, should they pay a penalty for it? And, like, one person said yes or something. And then they looked at this guy, no ninny, whatever his name is, and, like, and would you, what would their punishment be? Would it be a punishment? He's, I'm paraphrasing here. Would it be a punishment for murder, since you're saying abortion is murder, in which case the death penalty is an option? And he nodded his head, and then one of the other anti-abortion candidates is like, no, no, that's not what we mean. We want to punish the doctors, not the women, because that's the standard line of the pro-life, like, so this, so this is what he said, and this is in a statement. Right, this is after the candidate form. They're this like, is Dude. not, like, spinning off the dome. Right, this is, you had a chance to think about it. I strongly support the, like, uh, conceivably other humans have looked at this with their eyeballs. Right. I strongly support the overturning of Roe v. Wade that would allow states like Idaho to recriminalize abortion as a deterrent. However, it is my understanding that in the history of the United States, long before Roe v. Roe was foisted upon this country, no woman has ever been prosecuted for undergoing an abortion. That is for practical reasons. That is for practical reasons as well as reasons of compassion. You're so compassionate. Oh my <laughs> god. Um, but last year, Abolish Abort Abortion Idaho launched a ballot initiative to seek a to seek seeking to charge both abortion providers and women with first degree murder, but it's unclear mm. if the group will have enough signatures to make it on the ballot in November. Right. Meanwhile, Republican state uh, Senator Dan Foreman attempted to introduce legislation that would also classify abortion as first degree murder for mothers and doctors, but the proposal never received a hearing. Whatever. And if then they started getting rid of women who had abortions. You know what would be empty every church in that? It's just. <sighs> Here's the thing with, with like the abortion debate is I'm so exhausted by it because there's nothing new to discuss. And the thing that I want to, I will say this forever, is that if you want to reduce abortions, the way to do that is not make them illegal. The way to do that is to, A, not put women in circumstances where having and raising a child is financially and physically untenable in terms of the absurd rate of childcare and how little, like how little we value the work of women in, in terms of like rearing the next generation, but we're like, mm, you don't deserve anything for it. Um, it is by giving people access to birth control and an education that makes them understand how it works and just general, there are I many just, ways to do it that don't involve punishing the woman or making abortion illegal. And and I always want oh, through my pen. Um, I always want to say this is that outlawing abortion does not reduce abortions; it reduces safe abortion. Mm -hmm. It is women all through history, and you can find instances of this all through history. Women have always been extremely motivated to not be pregnant if they have fallen pregnant in whatever circumstance. So this is not a new thing. It's not a moral thing. It's just a thing that happens to women. Being pregnant is really hard and scary and dangerous and carries with a lot of responsibility, and maybe somebody should be able to opt out of that if they want to. 
So anyway, that's that. And then Kevin Williamson, who is a columnist for The Atlantic for like a minute, uh-huh. um, he also has some shitty opinions, which is fun. <laughs> um, he said that he would, quote, I would totally go with treating it like it being abortion, like any other crime up to and including hanging. Hanging? Mm-hmm. Which is so barbaric. He tweeted that one, and then the story goes, this, the Atlantic people knew that, they saw that, they hired him anyway, and then Media Matters said, oh, no, we listened to podcasts he was yes. on. He didn't just accidentally tweet something stupid. Which, he elaborated on his anti-abortion, like how to punish women. In 2014, he said that the law should uh, treat abortion like any other homicide, uh, that hanging was an appro- Why hanging? Um, so, yada, 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 the language... So Okay, so this is what... So the Atlantic still hired him, and then... This shit came out, and they're like, oh, and the letter that, um, let's see, the Atlantic editor-in-chief, Jeffrey Goldberg, he emailed his, like a staff email, the language that he used in this podcast and in my conversations with him in recent days made it clear that the original tweet did, in fact, represent his carefully considered (laughs) views. Like, what the fuck is going on? A person said a thing, and they're like, (laughs) (laughs) whoa. Like I, uh, one day I'll be looking for a job, and I'll be like, "Well, that guy gets it for saying that, but being reasonable, no." Okay, and here's the other thing that really fucking pisses me off. Um, So there is an op-ed in the New York Times by a, a columnist, Brett Stevens. And he argued that a single mention of hanging as a penalty for abortion wasn't enough to get worked up over. Um, <laughs> I jumped at your abortion comic, but for heaven's sake, it was a tweet. He wrote in a column. When you write a whole book on the need to execute tens of millions of Americans who have had oh, abortion, then I'll worry. That's a new bar. And then let he who is without a bad tweet, a crap sentence, or even a deplorable opinion cast the first stone. Okay. I... Th- <laughs> how... what? When do we hold people accountable for the things that they say and obviously believe? And this this garbage of, and we've talked about this before, this garbage of, like, we talk about it in terms of BuzzFeed. Oh, it's BuzzFeed that released it, so it doesn't matter. It's, like, this weird old-school media snobbery. But the fact that you're like, oh, it was just a tweet is reprehensible. <laughs> that is a way people communicate. It's a way people communicate. Like, it's like, I, I just, what the fuck? <laughs> just how dare he? And, by the way, the more important thing is, he made that tweet. As far as I know, he didn't say that was a stupid thing I said. Or couch it or back down from right. it. It was... He just said... Whatever, the response is always, it was one tweet. It's not, it was one tweet Which that is, was wrong that he said I shouldn't have made. It was, it was one tweet. And then we found out, oh, wait, he holds those views in other venues But as also, well. who cares? I would right. argue that one tweet one is tweet plenty to, to say, like, oh, you think women who didn't want to be pregnant for whatever reason should be hanged by the neck until dead? Like, it's fucking, They're like, pro-lifers. Wyoming in, 19, in, like, 1472. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how... <sighs> There's nobody in Wyoming in 1472. I really struggled to find a date. I was going for like 1800. I'm just mad. I'm mad and I'm angry. And I'm angry and I'm mad. And fuck this guy. All right. Anyway. I agree. Heaven. Listener mail. Listener mail. Also, really quick, um, when you were talking before, when I was definitely listening to you, mm-hmm. I was also doing another thing because millennials can multitask. <laughs> Guess. <laughs> 
guess what good news just happened? What? Uh, we reached our goal. Oh, no. That we get to watch Star Wars together. <laughs> it literally happened. I checked it as we were recording this. And at some point, listen back, I gasped in the middle of you saying <laughs> something. But it was because I was so happy about this. But I didn't interrupt you because I'm a good co-host. Oh, I see. Um, we'll so figure that one out. we're going to have to figure out when to watch Star Wars. Mikey's going to be very excited. Um, listener <laughs> thank mail. you, supporters. Yeah, guys, thank you. This is very exciting for everybody. <laughs> um, so, listener mail. It is from Robbie H. Hey, Justin Hammett. First of all, I need to thank you for the previous week's message of going of going out and being social. I needed that, Hammett. What? You, you need that. What? You have to go out and look at and talk to people. No, Let me preface this by saying that I'm not a parent or a parent to be. My question is, what would you two recommend on raising a child? With also, I cannot think of a, que- a question that I'm less like <laughs> qualified to discuss. <laughs> uh, raising a child with a religious slash atheist parent, and I mean in terms of upbringing. If the re- so, she's saying one parent's religious, one right. parent isn't. The religious parent wants to bring the child up religious. Should atheist should the atheist parent also go to church with them or just go along with the activities? Should the atheist parent just ask the question to the child later on? Like, does that really yes, make let sense? Let me answer this. How about this or that? Or would that be underhanded? Um, I understand this is a matter that should be talked about prior to having children, but I was wondering how this particular subject we've broached. Thank you, Robbie. Yeah, H. Let me answer this in one minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's right that this is something you better talk about before you have kids. Yeah. Um, but if you're in that position, I think the biggest thing is, Who's you're not going to convince the other partner like, oh, well, your views don't count. My views do. Mm-hmm. They're going to church or they're not going to church. If they have to go, OK, they they go to church. Mm-hmm. But I think you should also have a conversation with them about like, what did you learn? Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. That may be the best way to salvage that. Um, I mean, I'm coming from a family where one side is really not religious in the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, my side is fairly religious, except for me. Um, and it's one of those like, notable exceptions. Exception. But like even my <laughs> even my parents, it's like they'll teach her prayers, or they'll teach her stuff. It's like, are you watching the kids? I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. Teach yeah, them Scientology. Yeah, you've always been pretty like chill about that because the babysitting counts more than everything else. <laughs> so it's like that's the thing though. But it's also I'm not worried that they're teaching them anything hateful or wrong, maybe useless, but not evil. Yeah. Whereas some beliefs might just like you're going to hell. Right. Or gay people are Well, yeah, J- your family is Jane and yeah, that's a pretty chill religion yeah, as relatively far as religions speaking, go. Totally. So, and there it's they have Jainism has its own problems, but it's not like they're telling a baby you need to fast or right. something like that. So, it's not an issue for me. But uh, if you have to let them go to church or something, then I don't know, don't then don't get in that way because that's going to cause even more problems. Right. But you should talk to them about what they're learning and make sure they understand that you don't believe in this stuff. And here's why you don't believe in this stuff. Um, I would highly suggest anyone in that position. Uh, my friend Dale McGowan wrote a fantastic book about this very mm-hmm. topic. It's called In Faith and In Doubt, all about when you make your marriage vows, you know, sickness and in health, mm-hmm. whatever, in faith and in doubt. Oh, if you're marrying someone, title. it is. If you're marrying someone who believes something differently from you, in, in, including if you have kids, mm-hmm. here are ways to work that out as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he admits in the book, it's not always possible to work this out. Yeah. But when it can, here's what you need to do. Check that one out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that I, th- I think the, the interesting question that he asks is like, is it underhanded if somebody comes, you know, the kid comes back from church and you talk about what did you learn and 
Like, is it a shitty move? To, I mean, I like, wouldn't say like, well, mommy's an idiot. Let no, me tell no, no, you no, why. But like, is, do you think that's like kind of implicit? I'm not saying, I don't believe that. I'm not saying steal the kid away and say like, everything you learned was wrong. Let me right. tell you why. But hell, have your partner with you when you talk about that. Like, mm. oh, what'd you learn? Oh, you learned to be a good person? Great. Okay, great. Fine. Let's talk about what Jesus did that mm-hmm. they were saying you should be like, because that's a different issue than God says, if you don't believe what I believe, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. Or this is what heaven is like. Oh, let's talk about that. Yeah. What is it like? Yeah. You know, things like that. You could have that conversation. The best thing to do is just play devil's advocate with the things they learn, mm-hmm. because then they're always constantly asking the same questions. Mm-hmm. Make them ask them in Sunday school. Like, go to CCD class and ask kid. your... Yeah, be that kid. Because um, if you believe in this stuff, then they should be able to answer your questions. Mm-hmm. So cool, uh, Hammond. What's your happy thing, buddy? Uh, happy thing is ah, uh, you go for. I'm oh God, I have like a laundry list of happy things. Really? We could be here for a year. I had a really Look great week. Yeah, it turns out when you have a job that you don't hate, your life is a little <laughs> bit better. I could. Who fucking knew? Um, so, so my first happy thing is I watched Jesus Christ Superstar on Sunday <laughs> night and enjoyed every fucking moment of it. I literally almost just started watching it again when I was. I caught done. about the second half after you told me I had to watch it. I um okay. I told you you had to watch it twenty minutes before it started. So I like, know. and then I'm like, <laughs> nah. It and then was, I saw everyone talking about it on Twitter. I'm like, all right, I'll It go was look. excellent. I like had a long conversation with my friends about it. It was just fucking great. I did have a couple glasses of wine and order the Blu-ray of the 2000 version of <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar. That just came the other day. I was totally like, into fuck it. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, yeah, this, uh, this last week, my, uh, my two best friends who uh, live in Portland, uh, Lee and Amanda. Leo was my uh, maid of honor. And I officiated Lee and Amanda's wedding. Um, they moved to Portland about a year ago, so I haven't seen them in a year, which is a very long time for me. Um, so they came and stayed with us. What's today? Friday. They came, they came and stayed with us Wednesday, Thursday. And it was like two of my favorite days I've ever had. We had so much fun. We just like dicked around. We got lunch with, uh, friends of ours who were both of our wedding photographers. And then we like demanded they be our friends in real life too. Um, so that was great. Um, I've been, I'm drinking wine right now, which I think is a really <laughs> brave choice because I've spent the last 48 hours like drinking an unhealthy amount. But <laughs> um, we did record. <laughs> it came out so good. We took three tries to record an episode of Fables, which is my bonus uh, bonus um, listener podcast. <laughs> it took us three tries because we just like couldn't get our shit together. But we read this really garbage uh, romance novel called Romancing the Inventor. It's a queer romance novel. Um, and we had so much fun recording it and it's, uh, we're going to release it soonish on, um, on the bonus feed. Um, and I'm just super stoked. (laughs) And they just left uh, earlier this morning. I took a really rocking nap this afternoon. I did go out of the house once this week and saw some college friends and one of them has a baby. That's the age of my baby. So it was Which like baby? little baby um, or bigger, baby? littler baby. Uh-huh. And we put them in a little ring and had them fight it out. One of them came out. <gasps> Who alive. won? Uh, mine did not. Oh, it's too I'm bad. sorry. You know? That's rough. So did I'm you get any good one. hot gossip from your uh, from your college so friends? So much. Yeah. <laughs> it, was it was glorious. <laughs> um, great. Haven't where can we find uh, you? On the you find me at Hammond Meta on Twitter. Uh, you guys, patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Yeah, you guys fucking nailed it. We're going to watch Star Wars. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter, Blueberry, B L U E B U R I E. 
Um, my Etsy shop is bitches get stitched done. Um, order something weird. It's a dumb do thing it. I do. Um, thank you for listening. Oh, email us at friendly atheist podcast with listener questions. We're, we're always in need of those. Hey, leave us a review on iTunes. Oh we, yeah. Hey, do we that. We haven't done that in a while. That's probably helpful for things. Yes. And we appreciate hearing back like from you. I read five all of them. stars. Otherwise don't leave it. We don't yeah, want you. You don't have to Stop say that. mean things about me. You don't have to. <laughs> I know it's fun and like exciting to do. You don't have to. You can just say it and then delete it and then <laughs> just go live your life. Okay. Anyway, um, thank you guys and we'll see you next week. Bye.